welcome back to the killer kind. I hope you're all doing well. I feel like it's been forever since I've talked to you guys, but I think it's only been two weeks. I say I'm not even sure. I don't even know what day it is. I feel like COVID finally hit my house this past week. We're all doing okay. We've been in quarantine, but my husband and my little girl both tested positive. Um, but I somehow haven't got it yet, which I'm kind of thankful for because I've been able to feel okay and take care of both of them. Although they really have had very mild symptoms and have been doing just fine. It's just being stuck in quarantine. That's been frustrating, but I'm just thankful that they don't have any worse symptoms. Now, I'm not going to get into my stance on the vaccine and COVID itself, but it's still real. It's still out there. And it definitely seems to be hitting our little area pretty hard because I know several people that have gotten it recently. And it's people like us, like my household, that just go to work and go home. <laughs> That's like all we do. So it's almost just unavoidable at this point, I guess. So I just hope that everyone stays safe and does the best they can to keep everyone else safe as well. But I know a lot of kids are headed back to school this week or some already have. At least where I live, they have. I'm sure a lot of parents are happy <laughs> that school is back. But I want to thank all of the teachers out there. Having a child now of my own, I'm, I genuinely don't know how y'all do it. Especially during a pandemic. I would be going insane. Just know that you're all in my thoughts and prayers this school year. <laughs> but with summer coming to an end, we have to cover a case that... I have heard about before, and it's one that still bothers me, that I will still randomly think about from time to time. This case takes place in Trenton, Missouri. Now, officials deemed a young man's death a suicide, but his family isn't so sure. So, that's all I'm going to give you as a little starter, so let's just go ahead and get into the mysterious death of Tanner Ward. Tanner Ward was born on September 7, 1997, to the parents of Lisa and Curtis Ward. Tanner had a sister, Kelsey, and a brother named Tyler. Tanner was a bit of a troublemaker in his younger years, but by 2017, he was really turning things around. Tanner was engaged to a young woman named Megan, and together they had a beautiful little girl named Sophia. At just 19 years old, Tanner really seemed to have his life together. He seemed to be really happy and was headed down a wonderful path in life. Now, as I mentioned, Tanner's teenage years had been difficult. He had been in trouble with the law for petty crime, and his sister said that he liked to smoke pot. Tanner was also on felony probation from an incident one year prior. In 2016, he and his brother broke into a house and robbed the people inside at gunpoint. Now, keep this home invasion in mind. We're going to be coming back to this a little bit later. But like I said, Tanner's life was turning around after this and was heading to a new and positive direction now that he was engaged and had a baby. Tanner's family said that he was a jokester, he was always laughing, and he had a contagious smile. He was just a happy soul. Tanner's sister Kelsey said that her brother loved his fiance and would do anything for her. She said he was a great father and he had a lot to live for. He never would have left his fiance or baby girl. There's just no way. Which is why the night of June 7th, 2017 just doesn't make sense to the Tanner family. 
Tanner Ward was getting ready to leave the house on this particular night. His mom, Lisa, asked if he would be home for dinner. She was going to grill some chicken for a salad and asked if she should go ahead and make him some or just wait until he got back. Tanner said he was going to meet a friend and would only be gone about 30 minutes. He told his mom to go ahead and fix him some and he'd be back shortly. Lisa asked him who he was going to meet with and he said Jeremiah. After that, Tanner gave his daughter Sophia a kiss, goodbye, and walked out the door. Now, who is Jeremiah? Well, come to find out, Tanner's family was wondering the same thing. Kelsey said that she had no idea who this Jeremiah guy was. She said, I've never heard of this kid in my life. (laughs) Kelsey said, Trenton, Missouri is a very small town. Everyone knows everyone. However, nobody in Tanner's family knew this guy. Hours went by after Tanner left and nobody had seen or heard from him. Kelsey asked her family, has anyone talked to Tanner? And nobody had heard from him. She said it was not like Tanner to not come home either. If he said he was going to be back in 30 minutes, then he was going to be back in 30 minutes. There was just no doubt about it. The next day, Kelsey decided she would retrace her brother's steps. She took it upon herself to find out where this Jeremiah guy was and where he lived, so she asked around town and was able to track down where this guy lived. Her thought process was that Tanner went to this guy Jeremiah's house, the two hung out, and Tanner ended up falling asleep there or something like that. But when Kelsey arrived at Jeremiah's apartment and tried knocking, nobody answered. She thought maybe they were still sleeping, so she tried to turn the doorknob, and to her surprise, it was unlocked. So she peeked her head in to see if she could see anyone in the house. But once she looked inside the apartment, Kelsey found the place completely trashed. There was a large hole in one of the walls. There was furniture turned over and the back door had been left open, but nobody was home. She could immediately tell that there was some sort of violent struggle that occurred here, but while she continues to look around, she sees something that stops her in her tracks. It's Tanner's baseball cap. Not only did this prove that Tanner had been there, but to Kelsey, this proved that something bad had happened. Tanner never went anywhere without his baseball cap. So Kelsey immediately went to the police station, carrying the baseball cap with her. She told the police that her brother went missing and she was very concerned about him. A missing person report was filed. However, the police told Kelsey not to panic. It's possible that Tanner is hanging out with some girl or maybe he ran away. The police department assured Kelsey they would look into it, but Kelsey knew her brother would not just run away or be out with some other girl and not tell his family where he was. Tanner's mom said the same thing, that she couldn't imagine he would just walk out the door on June 7th and not plan on coming back. She said he would never leave his little girl, especially. So, again, Tanner's sister Kelsey sort of took things into her own hands and put together missing persons flyers to distribute all over town and the surrounding areas as well. While Kelsey was hanging up flyers, she ran into none other than Jeremiah. Kelsey sees Jeremiah get out of his truck, and she noticed he is wearing Tanner's t-shirt. This is the same shirt that Tanner was wearing the night he disappeared. So Kelsey immediately confronts Jeremiah and asks him, why are you wearing my brother's shirt? 
And as she gets closer, she notices strange marks on this shirt. She asks Jeremiah what the hell is on the shirt because it looks like four little cigarette burn holes. He said, oh, it's nothing. Those are just stains. She said it doesn't look like stains to her. So she told him she'd be calling the police. Jeremiah said, well, I'll meet you at the police station. And sure enough, when Kelsey arrives at the police station, Jeremiah isn't far behind her. The two enter the station and Kelsey explains that Jeremiah was the guy her brother was going to meet that night when he was never seen or heard from again. And she explains that the shirt the guy had on was a shirt that Tanner was wearing that night as well. Jeremiah didn't offer any explanation as to why he was wearing that shirt. And after further conversation, Trenton Police Chief Thomas Wright wanted to do a forensic test on the t-shirt. However, according to Kelsey, Jeremiah was strangely reluctant to give over the shirt. However, Chief Wright had noticed the markings on the shirt as well. But Chief Wright felt that the stains on the shirt looked like blood stains. Now, police were able to have the shirt tested. However, the tests weren't able to prove that the marks found on the shirt were, in fact, blood. From what I understand, the test came back inconclusive. I'm assuming there wasn't enough um, to get an accurate reading. Chief Wright said that Jeremiah was someone that we looked at very hard. We talked to him a lot. A voice stress test was conducted on Jeremiah. And essentially, a voice stress test is a... Software designed to measure changes in voice patterns caused by stress or the physical effort of trying to hide deceptive responses. This test has been compared to the polygraph test that attempts to measure changes in respiration and heart rate response when a person could be deceptive. Now, I don't even have to tell you that Jeremiah's results did indicate some level of deception. Surprise, surprise. And law enforcement took these results as proof that they needed to take a closer look at Jeremiah. No crap. (laughs) So they decided to search the property belonging to Jeremiah's dad in Edinburgh, which is about 11 miles from Trenton. Cadaver dogs were brought onto the property, and the dogs immediately honed in on a burn pit. So investigators dug around this area. They dug a 6-foot by 10-foot hole essentially digging as much as they could before running into some bones. Now, not to get your hopes up, it was determined that the bones found were just animal bones. So at this point, their only lead had led to a dead end, essentially. Now, in some articles I read, Tanner did not have a cell phone. Some other articles said that he had one, but he had left it at home the night that he had disappeared. So, So either way, the night he disappeared. He did not have a phone with him. Therefore, police were not able to trace his digital steps that night. Now, Tanner's keys were also left at the house. And because this was a small town, there were rumors that started going around about what happened to Tanner. Some people were saying that he had been murdered, even though that hadn't been determined yet, obviously. Others were saying he was in Galt, which is a town about 19 miles the opposite way from Edinburgh, where he said he was going to meet Jeremiah. It's unclear if police ever searched this area or not, but Tanner's family continued to desperately search for him. Police followed up on every lead that came their way, 
but they always came up empty-handed. Chief Wright said they still believe that foul play could very well be involved, but they just didn't have anything to prove that or to prove that he could have ran away either. Sadly, six months go by before Tanner's fate is determined. On the morning of Monday, December 4th, two of Tanner's childhood friends were walking in a wooded area off Shanklin Avenue together when they heard a creaking noise coming from above. As they looked up, they made the shocking and heartbreaking discovery. The pair spot a body hanging from a 25-foot tree directly above them. The two immediately dialed 911 and police rushed to the scene. Once police arrive, they can tell right away just how badly decomposed the body is. The fingers were mummified and the feet were missing. This meant it was extremely difficult to identify who the person was. Now with that said, the area the body was found in was only three blocks from Tanner's home. So Chief Wright calls Tanner's father, Curtis, to the scene. Because if it is Tanner, they don't want Tanner's dad to hear it from anyone else. So the only evidence found at the scene was a small pile of clothes on the ground at the base of the tree, including pants, shoes, and a single sock. The condition of the clothing suggested that they had been in that location for quite some time. Now, I have a question here. In this pile of clothing, was there a shirt? I'm going to guess not. But to me, that would have been the smoking gun that points back at Jeremiah's possible involvement. The fact that Tanner's shirt is missing. Now, authorities conduct an autopsy. Using dental records, they were able to confirm that the body belonged to that of Tanner Ward. The initial cause of death was ruled a suicide. There was no other injuries found on the body other than the neck from hanging by a rope. Due to the cause of death being ruled a suicide, Jeremiah was no longer considered a suspect, per Chief Wright. Now, Lisa Ward was, was and still is adamant that her son did not commit suicide. She said it doesn't make sense at all. She said, if I truly believe my son put himself in that tree, I could maybe accept it. But there is not a fiber in my body that believes my son killed himself. Lisa went on to say there was no suicide note left behind. He was not suicidal. He didn't have a suicidal tendency in his body. He was very involved with his family, and Tanner had everything to live for. She said he was making plans for Father's Day weekend. He was making plans for when his dad got back from deployment. There was just no way he would have done something like this. As the Ward family is grieving and trying to come to terms with the results of the autopsy, the rumor mill and conspiracy theories start to take full swing in the small town of Trenton. Kelsey said that she received a bunch of text messages or tips on what might have happened to Tanner after his body was discovered. The family was getting messages from Tanner's friends and even complete strangers saying that Tanner did not commit suicide, just like they thought. One person reached out to the Ward family and said that Tanner was actually tortured for about four months, and they killed him and kept him in the freezer. This person tells the family that Tanner was beaten with a baseball bat, hung up in a cellar, and later died. This is the one tip that 
keeps Tanner's family up at night, of course. Many suspect that Tanner was taken to his final location at a later date and hung up in the tree by his killer and or killers, possibly to stage a suicide. Now, as horrific as that sounds, I truly believe that Tanner was placed up in that tree to make it look like a suicide. I believe he was killed somewhere else, and to me it's obvious because of a couple of things. One being his fingers were mummified. Mummification can happen naturally from what I understand, but the body or body parts have to be kept in an extremely dry climate. This was Missouri in the summer, and the body was outside for six months, supposedly. To me, there's no way the air was dry enough, long enough, for the fingers to become mummified. Now, secondly, where the heck were his feet? I read something earlier on in my research, and I couldn't find it to come back and quote it for you, but I believe investigators tried to explain that the feet could have fallen off just from hanging there for so long, which... I don't really buy. The shoes were found, but there was no mention of feet being found anywhere near the body. There was no mention of feet or foot bones found. I just don't understand what happened to his feet. None of this sits right with me. So then there was a few construction workers that come forward saying that they had been working on a site close to where the body was found for several months. And they claimed that Tanner's body wasn't hung in that tree until the day of or the day before his body was discovered. The storage building they use on the job site was only 25 feet away from the tree. They never smelled any foul odor over the hot summer. They were adamant that there was no way Tanner had been there for six months. Now, Tanner's childhood friend said that he had walked that same path several times before with his girlfriend. He is certain he would have seen the body when passing through. And a friend of Kelsey's also claims that she had played with her son underneath that same tree during the same six-month period and never saw anything unusual. This tree was only three blocks away from the Ward family home, so somebody would have seen Tanner's body. Then, Kelsey made the statement that there was no signs of Tanner's body being attacked or fed off of by wildlife. There was no sign of wildlife markings on Tanner's body, further proving that there's no way Tanner could have been out there for any real length of time. So, if Tanner didn't commit suicide, and if he was murdered, then why? Who would have done something so horrific? Well, let's circle back to the incident I mentioned earlier. If you remember, I mentioned Tanner was on felony probation from a home invasion in 2016 where he and his brother broke into a house and held everyone up inside at gunpoint. The home invasion is rumored to have been due to a drug deal gone wrong. The dispute involved Jeremiah, yes, that same Jeremiah, and his neighbor, Stephanie Miller. <laughs> There's no relation, I swear it wasn't me, okay? Um, according to the text messages received by Lisa Ward, this incident led to a retaliation. Stephanie's daughter was one of the victims held hostage in the incident, and according to Kelsey, rumors are that Tanner was only supposed to be roughed up and not killed, but that he fought back and things got out of hand. Stephanie has never been named a suspect in this case. She is adamant that she had nothing to do with Tanner's death. 
Law enforcement concluded that Tanner had been hanging from the tree since his disappearance. However, they do not provide their own explanation for why others had never seen him before. Kelsey believes Tanner was tortured and was alive for several months, and then they killed him because they didn't know what else to do with him. Chief Wright doesn't agree. He believes the community started spreading rumors and false information without any evidence to back it up. However, Tanner's family says the evidence is there and you just need to look no further than Tanner's body. Tanner's mom said her husband, Curtis, was on site when they took the body down and he described what the body looked like. He said the body was mummified and in north central Missouri, it's very humid and very moist. She said there's a lot of moisture, rain, thunderstorms in the area that come through between June and September. In order for a body to mummify, it has to be away from humidity and away from moisture, according to Lisa. Now, I did my own research here, and she's not wrong. There's one way to mummify a body, um, which would be to literally remove moisture from a deceased person. So, the body does need to be completely dry before being mummified. However... The show Crime Watch Daily covered the case, and they got their own expert, a police surgeon with the Louisville Metro Police Department, Dr. Bill Smock, to examine the evidence and examine Tanner's body. And in during that research and during his time studying Tanner's body and the evidence, he stated that in a humid environment, mummification can occur within two to three months, which he believes is the explanation for why Tanner's fingers were mummified. So when researching the mummification process, which hopefully nobody gets a hold of my Google history, um, when researching this, it does need to either be completely dry or extremely wet. And I guess it's possible to do both. And I guess, I don't know. I don't understand the whole mummification process still, In one sentence, it's like, oh, it has to be completely dry. And in the next sentence, it's like, well, it can be extremely dry or really wet. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But either way, I'm assuming that, yes, it's possible Tanner's body could could have started mummifying. Now, during Dr. Smock's examination of the body and evidence at hand, he determined that the body had been hanging from the tree for a significant amount of time. One indication was that Tanner's neck had been stretched out, and that does indicate suicide. When a body hangs by the neck for such a long period of time, the neck can stretch out because the rest of the body is being pulled down by gravity. So as sad as that may be, he could have been hanging for a very long time. However, in my brain, I still go back to, okay, if he was tortured and left somewhere, Was he left suspended somewhere, just like in the tree, but put in the tree later? Like, all of these thoughts kind of go through my head. Like, was he killed somewhere else? Was he hung up somewhere else? Or was his body just that messed up from hanging in the tree for a certain amount of time? Whether it be the six months that he was had been missing or just a few months after somebody who tortured him left him up there. I don't know if that makes sense. But my brain is just trying to process the fact that I don't think it's suicide. But 
the state of his body kind of points to that. However, the evidence surrounding it and the amount of time that he was missing compared to all the people that walked around in the area, it just doesn't add up to me. And all the rumors in the town, look, I live in a small town and you hear a lot of rumors and sure they can be exaggerated at times, but I have a feeling that if somebody knows somebody's murdered, that's going to come out eventually. That's just all there is to it. Now, when asked if Tanner Ward committed suicide or if he was murdered, Dr. Smock answered, I don't know. Could it be suicide? Sure. Could it be homicide staged to look like a suicide? Sure. The heartbreaking conclusion is we may never know. On April 18, 2018, the Trenton Police Department announced that the autopsy was complete and Tanner Ward's death was officially ruled a suicide. Detectives are waiting for more evidence to come in before they will continue looking into a murder theory. And there are currently no persons of interest being considered in the death of Tanner Ward. The poor family is left being tortured by the thought that Tanner suffered a miserable death, according to the town rumors. Tanner's daughter, Sophia, is now left to grow up without her father, who adored her, and his poor fiancé has lost her future husband and the father to her daughter. Either way, this is all extremely heartbreaking. So, what are your thoughts? Was Tanner murdered? Did he commit suicide? Did the police department investigate the case thoroughly enough? Why was Stephanie Miller never considered a person of interest? Why didn't the police at least question her? Because she seemed to have the motive. And maybe they did. Maybe they did question her. There's no sign of that. There's no statement saying they spoke to her at all. To me, there seems to be too many unanswered questions with this one. Way too many. Now, as always, please head over to the podcast Instagram page to share your thoughts and please leave a five-star review wherever you can. It just really helps other people like you find the show. But that's going to do it for me this week, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please let me know your thoughts and that's it. I'll be back here next week with a new episode. Until then, stay safe, guys. Bye.